So we are finally back after a uh, week hiatus here and had a little uh, mishap with our cloud storage as well as the fact that uh, Riley and his wife had their two year anniversary. So yeah, that's correct. How's that been for you? <laughs> Pretty good. <laughs> Can't good. really complain. Yeah, you're young. Yeah, I know. So <laughs> I think I just most people consider it. Um, what is it? The honeymoon phase? It's like the first year. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, so I guess so I guess it just came out of that. So technically, I think what they, at least what I was told, is that yeah, you kind of have that honeymoon phase, and then I believe they say that like the first five to seven years is like you're still considered newlyweds. So oh, okay. my wife and I officially got out of that. So I don't know if that's technically true. That that's what I heard a while back. So, gotcha. but in either case, on to additional official news. So really, nothing too expansive on this item but uh, if you guys have a specific msi motherboard uh, which we'll notate in the uh, link in the description uh, just be aware because there is a windows update that is causing it to have the blue screen of death so uh, there's a couple workarounds for that Uh, you can actually either downgrade the bios in your msi motherboard system Mm -hmm. or uh, if you're able to uh, I believe that they said that the update should automatically uninstall in some way, shape, or form. So it's one or the other, but in my opinion, I've kind of just pressed pause on my updates, especially on my MSI, just to make sure Microsoft gets all those kinks worked out. So, which is kind of funny because they went through so many phases between uh, insider preview, beta mm-hmm. preview, um, and then it just still managed to get out there and have issues with uh, that particular motherboard. So, uh, which you have, a, you have a MSI, don't you? I do actually. Yeah, thankfully I haven't had that issue. So. Yeah, a little bit older. Yeah, it's. Uh, I think it's like a twenty twenty MSI something like that. I can't remember exactly, but yeah, that that was uh, pretty crazy to see that actually uh, start happening around. I think there was actually even a forum that people were writing. Uh, I think it was for <laughs> Windows eleven, and people were going nuts over this specific like with their own motherboard or whatever. It was pretty wild. Right. Yeah. More details, like I said, are in that description. So. But on to how you want to expand what you display, we're going to hit on the Samsung Odyssey Neo G9. Uh, this is a 57-inch monitor. I'm sure you have probably a good uh, few sentences on this product. Uh, yes, quite a bit, actually. <laughs> when you So when you showed it to me, I think it was last week, first glance, it didn't seem like a whole lot because I've seen a lot of these different monitors and it doesn't. you can't really tell the size of it when you're just looking at it. But, exactly. Yes, but I actually watched uh, Samsung released a, a YouTube video promo. On it. Yes. Yes. I, I saw that and I was and it really changed my perception of it. And now I'm just really enthralled by it. Obviously, I, I can't afford it, um, but it's that's completely <laughs> insane. Just the the back of it. Yeah. It's a 57 inch monitor, 8K, 240 hertz. It's ridiculous. So it's insane. Uh, they definitely have yeah. quite a few IOs on the back as well, but yeah, $2,500. I just, uh, that's, that's pretty crazy. Uh, I, I will admit that they stretched the mark on their promo and really, uh, pushed all of the specifications and whatnot. So yep. you probably could easily be sold just by that if you were, let your emotions get carried away, <laughs> but kind of remind, sure. remind me of that. Uh, what's that movie? Um, is it inception or something like that where they kind of had like the curved world? I can't, Mm -hmm. I can't remember, but yeah. yeah. So we're expecting that in October Mm -hmm. and I'm not sure. Do you feel like that price is, is, uh, justified? I think so. Yeah. I'm, 
along with all those specs and the the actual display size, I'd say it's worth it for what you're getting out of it. I think it makes sense. And even the back lighting and the multiple ports that um, you can uh, connect with it. Could it be lower? Yes, but I'm not upset with the price right now. It seems seems reasonable, I think, to say the least. Yeah, yeah, I I, I kind of I can agree with that as well. Uh, you got a peak brightness of a thousand nits. Uh, it's Vesa Display HDR one thousand certified. So, yeah, I mean, it's got a lot going for it. Obviously, we don't have any specific input on it because, like we said, we don't. It's not released yet here in the states. Mm-hmm. But yeah, like like you said, they ha- they do have a lot of variety when it comes to their monitors, different sizes, different specifications. I mean, when you look on their website and you look at the entire Arc series for their monitors, it's pick and choose. It's almost like buying a Jeep; you can just customize it. Oh yeah, as much as you want. Absolutely. So yeah, it's it's got a lot on the. So you got DisplayPort 2.0. Uh, it's got three HDMI 2.1 ports. Uh, there's a USB hub included uh, and then you also have mm-hmm. it supports amd FreeSync premium pro so i don't know i i'm excited about it i don't think i'll be reviewing it that's a bit of a stretch for me but yeah never nevertheless um we felt like that was worth bringing up and i kind of the, the question i kind of wanted to highlight there was uh how wide is too wide <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Is is it? Can you really get too wide on? I, I've I've seen some of these gaming setups, yeah, on on TikTok and 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 uh, Facebook Reels and such, and it's it, they get pretty immersive. I, I saw this one where he oh was yeah, like, uh, in in a racing game, and like he was actually on a platform, and all the gears and everything, it would actually vibrate based on the gear shifts and. The, so, I mean, I'm yeah. sure there's definitely a market for this, but I'm, I'm just like, man, I, I have my, I have a Samsung monitor and I think it's like 32 inches. So 57 is outrageous. So yeah, that's, uh, just under, um, almost a double the size double. Yeah. I think yeah. it's hard to tell because for what people utilize certain displays for, yeah. They require that sort of, that sort of work, especially if you, if you do multiple things at once, if you're multitasking, yeah, uh, larger screens are exceptional when it comes to that. Or if you're doing immersive gaming. Yeah. Oh yeah. I feel like we might be coming to a point where displays are getting a bit outrageously big. Uh, however, I feel like in the next few years, I don't see it being too much of a hassle, but I think after that point, like if you get to like 80 inch which I think is like, I think it's the size of Samsung's new um, AK TV, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, they get pretty crazy in size. It's, that's for it's sure. pretty wild. Yeah. And, and th- this the, is also curved, by the way, just in case you were questioning that. It is curved. Yeah, it, it is. Like, what, yep. a thousand radius curvature on it. So, but yeah, 57, I would literally have to move my monitor stand over almost to the middle of my desk. I have a pretty decent sized <laughs> desk in my office. And yeah. it's, I'd have to move it over to prevent it from hitting the hutch. Uh, cupboard on my right side so it's like pretty crazy how we're, where we're getting here but uh in yeah, any absolutely. case we'll move on to audio and uh, you had some interesting um news about the airpods max which it's not necessarily new but uh take it away yeah so there's this issue and i wasn't aware of this that the oh, no, airpods <laughs> max uh have had condensation basically being built up uh, underneath the earmuffs and if you guys are aware of the fact that these muffs are magnetic and they can come off really easily on and off and that's how you're able to customize them actually really well yeah um the problem that many have seen is when they're working out when they're even when someone was i think streaming for like a f- quite a few hours straight 
there was literally condensation or even sometimes sweat, which is gross, um, built in the muffs. And it's, <laughs> it's become, it's come to the point where I think a few years ago, um, California actually attempted to sue Apple. They didn't win. And I think they're back at it again saying that, you know, they basically said, quote, a latent and material defect causes condensation to accumulate inside the ear cups of the AirPods Max, often after only an hour, several hours of normal use. And Apple's lawyers basically came back at them and said, um, and I disagree with this because obviously they're just not wanting to pay this much money. Um, but basically they're saying, well, that happens with every headphone. It's just this one is more noticeable because of the magnetic ones. Right. But you have to understand these are going into the drivers themselves and it's caused people to not be able to hear the audio. Uh, l- um, the latency has shifted. Or even I think. random restarts from one. Or random well, restarts, so. stuff yeah. like that. And it's, it's getting to the point where people are just not able to use their headphones. One guy actually has had to replace them three times. I think I read in the comments uh, on here. Wow. And yeah, it's it's a pretty big issue. And I especially like if you have sweat in there, like I said, that's disgusting. If it's if you weren't even aware of that and it just is stuck in there and it's ah, uh, it's well, gross, I mean, but. it's yeah, that that part I get. I mean, that's a I'm, I'm, sh- I'm sure there's been condensation or sweat or whatever, you know, that's in my earmuffs on my uh, WXM fours. But this is it seems like it's brought to a higher level, kind of like what the lawyers are saying. But I obviously they're kind of approaching it as oh this is not as big as you know you guys are making it out to be and then they throw in that whole like these headphones aren't waterproof or water resistant and yeah that's true but this has kind of become an issue and um yeah i'm kind of surprised we haven't heard any you know resolution earlier than where we are right now because this is now entering what are two years is that where we're at with the um, airpods max so or close i believe so yeah thought two or three years yeah. Yeah. So it's pretty crazy to think about that. I'm not, I'm not sure if you have any more details on it, but not really necessary details, but the way I feel about it is exactly how someone commented down below in the article. Mm-hmm. Uh, they said, um, quote, you're sweating it wrong. Uh, wink face or obviously o- owners are at fault here. If they adapted their, and this is them speaking in the mind of Apple, Obviously, owners are at fault here. If they adapt their body temp to match the environmental temps around them, there is no condensation. Consistently holding body temp at about 90.6 is the actual problem. Cold-blooded lizards have no such issue. Ever heard the iguanas complain about this? Turtles, toads, crocs? Their temps rise and fall with their surroundings. It's these dang warm-blooded bipeds that spoil everything. Bipeds both cause this problem and then dare to complain about it. Apple would be better off. Wow. Uh, That's sarcasm to the next level. I don't even think uh, Chandler could match that on Friends. Yeah, this person was upset because, I mean, I, I, I agree with them to an extent. It's like Apple just says, like, it's not our fault. It's the user's fault. Uh, you're not supposed to be wearing these headphones for eight hours while you're working out. <laughs> like, yeah, well, I mean, it doesn't it doesn't even sound like they're working out in some cases. I mean, it's 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 pretty r- ridiculous. Yeah, for the most part. What's ironic is, is that this goes on to be like one of the most expensive over the headphones when it comes to, you know, mainstream products. So there's that added aspect to it as well. So I'm just like, this is. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you could come at, at it from different angles and just. There's just still some logic to it, and I I wouldn't be surprised if if they have to pay out with this with this lawsuit. So yeah, for but, sure, for sure. 
any other case, we'll move on to a little news from X. And I don't know, this one definitely has some controversy because I'm kind of okay with it. And then the other side, I'm a little annoyed. Basically, Elon Musk is moving on to how X appears, you know, when it comes to your feed. And Mm -hmm. he's taking away headlines and basically just allowing the links and the actual image to appear. Yeah. He's doing this in the namesake of hopefully reducing clickbait as well as giving you a cleaner interface and more aesthetically pleasing to the eye. So I'll give one side of it. I, I do agree. I think it would look a little bit more neat and just smooth as you're just going through all of what's coming up. Right. Um, yeah. But I'm going to give it to you on maybe what your negatives would be on this. Well, I think it'd, it'd be similar to how you probably view it. You lose what the actual context of the article is like if I just showed you a picture of a Nintendo switch. Right. And I didn't give you, there was no, if I even just, I could make a comment about it on the top and then tweet it or exit, whatever. But if there was literally no heading, you have no idea what I'm talking about. Yeah. That that's the other side to it too, is like, I can see one way of it because like if, as long as you can see the link, uh, that's normally what I pay attention to. I often, I will look at the uh, URL to see, okay, what I'm actually clicking on. And it normally doesn't take me more than like maybe three or five right. seconds, yeah. three or five seconds to actually see this. So I'm like, okay, this is a good link to click on the headline. I, like you were saying, I feel like it kind of helps with that because you can kind of understand it and be like, okay, this is, this would work. If you just show the image, I feel like that would be just as bad because you could, in theory, allow an image to be the header and it would be something completely different to what the article is and thereby actually being just as bad as other clickbait. So I don't know. That's yeah. It's, it's kind of one or the other, so it'd be hard to you say. Could ar- you could argue, like I said, about making that, you know, when you tweet it, you put your own information in. You could argue, well, someone could just put that information in, so you really don't need the heading. That's not That's the point. True. The point we've always yeah. had is you have links, and those links already have headings within them. Even when you right. send them on social media, like on Discord, we've seen it on Messenger, it'll literally yes. give you the image and the heading when you put the link in because Google knows exactly where that is in the image associated with that. So, and the heading. So it's like, it, it is half and half because I see the aesthetic of it. I understand why you'd want to make that smooth and flow well, but I feel like you're running into some problems here, Musk. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know. He just, he keeps on making, I don't know. It's, it's, this is a perfect example. If, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. I felt like it was right. The way it yeah. Was. I don't think you really had to mess with it. Uh, so I don't know. It's something worth bringing up just because I don't know. As you as the listener, do you really think that this is something that makes it more advantageous when it comes to browsing through X? I don't. That's that's really up to the user. And I don't feel like the CEO should be messing with that or the owner. Yeah, no, no. I think but, if, yeah, just to kind of end it here, I, I think if Elon put an option, a setting, if you want to turn off headings somehow, although I think that'd be, oh, that would be great. Then yeah. yeah, sure. I'm I'm totally down with that. There's some people that just don't want to see the heading, you know, be surprised or, you know, just have a little more nicer flow to it. Sure, go ahead. But if you just immediately have that forced on people, then that becomes an issue because I think I think most people are, are want the heading. Yeah. So yeah, I agree. Lamborghini, and I don't even think we've actually mentioned this company. 
uh, ever. Uh, we mentioned, show. I think it was a CEO uh, or something like that. That's right. It was like a design engineer or something for the Apple car. That was part of that. Crew. Yes. Yes. So that's, that's the only time I believe came. we mentioned Lamborghini on the show. And that was actually on a newscast episode, not debatable. So, right. Well, finally, it seems that uh, Lamborghini is releasing an EV. And this will be released in 2028, by the way. So if you're listening to this and you have a Lambo and you've been wanting <laughs> to get one and on an EV, you're going to have to wait still a few more years. <laughs> but there, there's a lot to go through. So I'll just kind of go through the, the main interesting, really cool things. This one has 1,341 horsepower. Like there's yeah. your first big thing. It's a four-seater, which is incredible for a Lamborghini. That's like got four rich people, I think is how they put it in this uh, article. Yeah. Um, all uh, these are concept art. So when I say this, I'm seeing the images for the concept art. So they're, this is not final. Um, but it seems that there's like all other seats. You have two screens on left and right dashboard for the passenger and the driver. Um, the entire inside just looks sick. It looks so futuristic. And even the exterior matches that. It's like, uh, it's like a, it's like a Batmobile mobile. It really just goes beyond yeah, how you I can normally see think of it. Batmobile. I can see a little bit of Corvette. I actually surprisingly see a little bit of the Tesla Cybertruck. Tesla Cybertruck, yes. What, yes, depending yep. on what angle you're at. Yeah, so, that's true, for sure. I'll actually say this real quick here. The, the interior, based on the concept photos or rendered photos, it yeah. reminds me of something from Star Trek. The seating, and I'll, right. I'll probably say specifically next generation. That's kind of where I'm thinking here. Very like like yeah. the same futuristic, but it definitely has some sort of Star Trek influence on this. Whether that was intentional or not, I just had to say that. No, yeah, I totally agree with that one hundred percent. There's also one other thing that I wanted to mention. There's this customizable drive mode known as, known as Lamborghini Dynamica Voikla Integrata. I probably really butchered that, butchered so that I apologize one, yeah. for any Italians, even though I actually. Both JD and I are part Italian. Are Italian, yeah. Um, yeah, <laughs> or it's otherwise known as the L dive, and this basically um, it's packs the car with more actuators, sensors. The dyna- driving dynamics can be more monitored, more fine tuned, and provide the driver with more feedback. That was kind of just a quote from the actual site there. Which you can actually make the adjustments while you're driving, which is pretty right. cool. Yes, well, so. you can. Uh, and they've kind of coined this as the Ultra GT, which rightly so. Um, we'll obviously put the uh, links to the images down below and you'll you'll see just how amazing this thing is. It's beautiful. Depending on your perspective. Uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, 300000 <laughs> is the likely cost. And again, it's going to be released in 2028. So hopefully we'll get some more actual photos of this in the future. Over it seems like... Yeah, I didn't see any specs from various articles as far as like speed or anything like that but i imagine it's going to be fairly fairly quick considering that's got that much horsepower and it's an ev so i don't know if we're talking like lucid air sapphire edition here or what so oh yeah um i'm sure that'll (laughs) that'll be uh released later on at least from what we've seen so far but uh yeah it's pretty cool it's one of those things where i questioned putting on the show uh riley pulled it up and uh he saw it after i did about a week later and so we decided to keep it on uh, the only reason why I didn't really yeah. want to showcase this is just because, yes, this really doesn't hit the mainstream. <laughs> so, no, it does. But uh, it's it's worth noting in some way, shape or form, depending on how, how you're looking at it. So it's coming down the line. Got 
five years. So you'll likely forget about this within the next month. Month. Yeah. <laughs> so. <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> but kicking it along right back to uh, Microsoft. So I'm kind of curious, Riley, they had to adjust how this entire, or I guess they should say restructure how this deal and merger was going to take place with Activision. And Mm-hmm. Basically, when and if the deal goes through, they would have to sell off the cloud gaming aspects of Activision to Ubisoft. And uh, I feel like this is probably the right approach to it. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure if maybe you disagree with that. I was kind of wondering if maybe this was fair or maybe if the CMA went too far. It's hard to say. I feel like this is fair. <laughs> Yeah, I think logically, if you have a company that gives off a one of its, what would you say, categories or parts of itself to another company, you have no need for that cloud anymore. Because what are you going to do with it if you if it's owned by you? I mean, unless unless if there was an easy way to do this, you could sort of have a co-parent or whatever that basically also had control of the cloud. So that way, maybe because because I can understand how users would feel uneasy about this. So maybe a better way of doing it is for both companies to kind of have ownership over the cloud. That might complicate things. But to me, yeah, I agree that this isn't actually a huge issue. There'll probably be a lot of people that disagree with us, but um, no, I don't think it's a problem. Yeah. And so they're actually going to the the closing date for all this has been extended because it was originally, I think, what was August 18th was the closing date uh, or somewhere around there. Now it's been extended to October 18th, I believe, is the date that they're uh, they're pushing for. And that's when we should hear from the CMA somewhere between now and then uh, as far as whether this is going to be approved outside Mm -hmm. of that, there's really not too much to go on. This would be for the next 15 years. So when they set, when they actually sell those rights over to Ubisoft, that would, uh, guarantee 15 years of cloud gaming for them. Yeah. Or I should say the rights of that for them. So yeah, I don't really have too much others to say about this. I feel like this is the right move, or at least it's a, it's a step in the right direction for how we're seeing this, uh, merger evolve. Uh, I was kind of nervous about this because I felt like Microsoft was getting too much power because Activision is uh, such a, a, a critical player when it comes to uh, gaming development. So It is. But outside of that, I don't yep. really have uh, any complaints. I feel like the, if this wasn't, if this step wasn't taken, I still would probably be against it. This one makes it a little bit more easy for me to accept and mm-hmm. kind of go from there. So, but right. outside of that, we will actually go back to some automobile news is that right yeah a little bit on the cheaper side if you will uh although still expensive <laughs> <A> for <little>? us <laughs> yeah compared to a lamborghini uh True. tesla has updated their app to now utilize siri for unlocking or locking the car for turning on air conditioning it's not a whole lot but we just want did want to let you guys know about that specific thing if you were curious it's now happening and hopefully we see a lot more additions to siri being able to do even more things that that would actually be incredible and maybe not even just here maybe other voice assistants that'd be pretty cool yeah it was actually pretty nice to have that uh the fact that they're kind of upgrading that and allowing you know the shortcuts to be uh pushed through via siri uh the 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 irony that i will i will stick with here and it's it's it is sourced from the article so i can't deny that part but it is funny how they're allowing the shortcuts of communication with siri to kind of help with the interactions on your car 
and yet it's still not like an Apple CarPlay supported vehicle. So that was the part that I was like, yeah, that's still got to be a bummer. But I mean, I don't really think right from all the reviews that I've seen um, and how the software has evolved. I really don't think that the you know Tesla interface is all that bad. So I can't necessarily complain. No, I've yeah yeah. Uh, I've seen reviews from people saying that they're okay with it not having Apple Car. Yeah. Would it be better? Yes. Uh, the integration with, with that and auto, uh, Android Auto would be exceptional. But I feel like this might be one exception where it's like this car is appropriate Allowed. in its own yes. way of having its own infotainment software. Software. Yeah. I, I agree. Yeah. I think, I think the other ones we've talked about in the past as well was, uh, Rivian. They have their own software too. But yeah, so in case you guys were curious about that, it is via the uh, Apple Shortcuts app. So I believe the uh, it's already out. So the, the actual app update is already out. Is that correct, Riley? Yes, I believe so. Yep. So not that we own a Tesla or anything like that. So we really couldn't test this out firsthand. But yeah, something to keep an eye on if you guys do own one and kind of want to have more a little more customization when it comes to uh, yeah. Siri. So Project Q... We're at that point. Yep. For guys, for the guys who don't know, we'll kind of just do a quick recap here. So Sony had Project Q, and that was a few months back, I believe. And that was a whole entire handheld device. And we talked about it, and uh, we talked about the potential price of it and the integration and how it works. And now it actually has a model name. It's called the Portal, PlayStation Portal. Uh, yep. We'll just start with the looks and usage. Do you think this is something that if you did have a PS5, would you use it? Not all the time. Okay. But, um, you know, if if I have some downtime and I'm upstairs, well, I don't have a house an really technically right now. <laughs> if I had an upstairs, um, yeah, I, I would use it, but I feel like... It wouldn't be something because I already I already have the PS5 and I can't use it without uh, the device. Yes, I, f- I feel like I, I would use it a good amount, but not as much as the actual console. So so that would kind of elicit a question of do you feel like this would actually be worth buying? OK, if this is mm-hmm. uh, oh, just just to, just to clarify, the pricing is uh, one ninety nine. So two hundred dollars. Right. So do you feel like this is worth buying? <sighs> See, that's a tough one because. I think that like on its own, it's really cool. And if this wasn't part of having to have a PS5, that'd be actually really great too. Uh, Obviously, the price would be much bigger. But if you're a person that really wants a mobile console, and when I say mobile, I mean inside your house mobile. (laughs) (laughs) And you kind of want to have that with you the whole time. Yeah, I would say so. But it just doesn't seem there's any real good reason for it. Especially when it doesn't have uh, Bluetooth, and there's a slight exception at which JD's going to get to here in a moment. Yes. But it doesn't yeah. have any Bluetooth features, we'll and it's like, that. well, then what's the point? I mean, it looks like it looks great. I love the design. I will say that. Yes. It's a Nintendo Switch with a DualSense. Yeah, <laughs> it is. Exactly. It's I've always been an X contr- uh, an X controller. I've always been an Xbox controller fan myself, but I've always loved the design uh, of the PS. Absolutely. Uh, series lately it's it's been pretty uh white design blue stream beautiful it just it looks really good yes so with that so you can't play locally there's there's nothing on board of the device so uh, as we've already indicated you have to have a ps5 for the for this to work you have to have at least a minimum of five megabits per second download speed to use this Uh, i believe sony recommends 50 megabits per second so 
there's that aspect to it. I just, I just feel like $200 for this, it doesn't register in my mind. I don't, I yeah, don't get it. No. Like you said, I, maybe there's like a 50, 50 where, okay, I could kind of see this working, but I'm, I'm like dropping down to like 40, 60, 30, 70 here. I don't really, <laughs> I, I myself right. would not buy it. That's just me in my scenario. So like I, I have an Xbox and I do use cloud gaming. So I'll pull out my iPad, pull out the Xbox app, hook up my Xbox controller to my iPad and do some cloud gaming. So like if I don't want to be in the living room or they're using the TV or whatever, I can hop on the iPad and start doing some gaming. Mm-hmm. And so that's the whole point is like, if you already have devices that can kind of give you that capability, then what's the point? Yeah. And the other aspect to that is, is that you're already, you're, you're going to be limited to that. So with my iPad, I can use it for various purposes. Right. But with this, it's just strictly PS5 and that's, that's it. There's no extra gaming to it. There's no, you know, bells and whistles. Um, or like Riley mm-hmm. said, there's no Bluetooth, but you do have a 3.5 millimeter headphone jack, which thank goodness they've threw that in. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Not I mean, in a lot of phones, but this, this PS portal. Yeah. Yeah. If you want a headphone sure. jack, then get this. So get this. Uh, yes. It's got 60 frames per second, uh, 1080p. It's an LCD uh, screen. So I don't know. I just, I feel like this was mm. a major missed opportunity by PlayStation. So uh, yeah. I'm sure you probably have some more thoughts to this. Yeah, real quick, I actually did just think of something, because I was thinking, like, I feel that this would have been better if it came with a PS5 and was built in and you could take it out, kind of like another console that we know as the Switch. Then I realized, well, I think maybe Sony didn't want to follow suit and didn't want to replicate something that's already been done. Which I get. Originality is something that allows a company to thrive because it's something that not many people see nowadays. Right. So I, if that was their point of going to be like, we're not going to do the exact same thing as Nintendo does. We're going to kind of go off our own. Great. But the thing about the Switch that works so well is that it it literally switches. Yeah. Right. Between being a console on its own for you to be able to use it wherever you go. And yes, it's true mobility. Exactly. And I also think that maybe this was just a marketing thing, um, just so that way they could make a lot more money on it because you have to have a PS5 to use this. So I mean, it's just it's just that simple. And, and I just don't see how they could possibly think that this would be advantageous in some way, shape or form. So that kind of transitions into the corresponding product, which is the headphones that they came out with. And yeah. <laughs> I'm not sure if if I'm missing something, but this is kind of a turnoff for me. I think I th- the really? one thing I feel like Sony excels at is design, and I feel like the design looks really good. Yeah. But to be able to use wireless earbuds with the portal, since there's no Bluetooth, you have to buy these earbuds. Okay, yeah. The, no, uh, I Pulse Explorer. So that's really where it turned me off because I'm like, well, these cost $200 as well. So when it's all said and done, you could technically have pretty much another console with the pricing. That's the part where it really turns me off. The headphones themselves, they look really good. I like them. Uh, You can actually hook them up to, I think the way they explained, you can actually hook them up to your smartphone and then also have them linked to the console. So you can actually like answer a phone call or whatever and it's still be hooked up. And I just feel like that's, process was thought through pretty well mm-hmm. it's just i don't know why in the world they had to go you feel it almost feels like a game you have to go through so many hoops to kind of achieve 
what they're selling. Yeah, when it's all said and done, you will have spent $900 for all of this. Assuming you bought your PS5 new. And it's like, man, (laughs) I am... No, I'm sorry. That's just not... Like I said at the beginning of this, if you really want this specific uh, handheld device that goes with your PS5, there's no other option for you, then yeah, by all means, do it. But again, if you want those headphones that goes... It's just a downstream. It just falls flat on its side. And whereas like a Nintendo Switch, sure, it's not like super high in you know, graphics or performance or anything, which hopefully they think they're going to do that with the Switch 2. But it does so much more and for a lot less of a price than what you normally have to spend for all of this. So, right. Which I think I think the part that you were talking about, because you did kind of seem surprised that I didn't like these buds and that it was specifically for yeah. that downside. Uh, it does have like lossless audio quality, low latency yeah. performance. So there's some positive to this. And it, I... I think they had a good idea in mind, but when you kind of put it all into one big picture, you almost feel like you're getting gypped. At least that's how I feel. Now, maybe for other PS5 enthusiasts, this is like your dream come true. And if it is, then maybe I'm missing something. I don't know. (laughs) Yeah, one one last thing I'll say about this. The headphones, I mean, if you looked at them, you tell immediately like, that almost looks like a little PS5. Just for headphones and they open a really cool way yeah like if these were just sold on their own for a day-to-day use for a user i would buy them not even just because for the the audio experience just because they look really good they Um, do look really good yep which in theory you could actually test these out and kind of see how they you know feel and look and sound um because you can how you know hook them up to your phone right and this is not really the main question that I would ask throughout this whole entire topic here, uh, but it does make me curious. I'm like, so I wonder how good, maybe not as great, but how good they are in comparison to the uh, WFX and Fies. Yeah, right. Because those are pretty much the front runner when it comes to true wireless, higher quality experience that you have, because I've heard a lot of people say that they do compete with the AirPods Pro 2 very well matter of fact some have said that it it is the prime product to buy when it comes to uh true wireless buds so that was kind of my thought to it and it was prompted by the article because they did mention that if you want better audio you probably would want to stick with those but correct with 200 dollars, i don't know i feel like you should be getting some pretty good quality audio (laughs) yeah i think so too or it could be just the brand name i mean that would be annoying to say the least but that would be annoying (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it, it it seems I don't feel like that'd be a Sony move though, although maybe yeah. I haven't I don't know a whole lot about Sony's past with technology, but just from face value, it seems like that's uh, the clarification though. As far as the portal goes, uh, yes, it's going to be two hundred dollars. It's uh, made available on pre order in select countries, and then additional countries will come into play on September 29th. So that's kind of where we're at with that, and so we will move on to some of our closing topics. Yes, so the La Rose Neuer Drop Tail, that is the name of the next uh, Rolls Royce that's being made, and this is actually the world's most expensive car. Uh, I want you to go ahead and guess how much this thing is, actually, because I'm curious. Uh, I'm trying to remember here because I'm thinking about what the most expensive car is, and that would be insane. Mm Mm-hmm. 
Um, if I'm not mistaken, I want to say 20 million. How much is it? Okay. It's 32 million. 32 million. Okay. Yes. And, uh, this is a 5.3 meter long car, which features a 6.75 liter twin turbo V12 engine and a unique exterior paint developed through 150 iterations. I'll just say this. Mom would love this car. <laughs> um, yes, for probably only one reason, though. <laughs> yeah, I know. Exactly. That's exactly what I'm getting to. As I'm looking at the I'm looking at some of the side profiles here and I'm not a fan of it. But mom, sure if you had thirty two million dollars, would you buy this just for the interior design? <laughs> um, do, they, do they have the specs on the horsepower? Doesn't say I don't think the horsepower it does so it says it can do um a sub 5.0 seconds zero to 100 kilometers per hour sprints yeah i know along with a top speed of over 250 kilometers per hour it's a, a lot of people are saying like oh wow that's just a dodge charger but with just you know two seats and then a that is a thank you yes i was thinking there's something about it that i've seen it's either a dodge charger or like a chrysler 300 that's what i was yeah thinking. uh yeah that's that makes sense okay yeah it's the interior looks in some ways based on the angles that i'm seeing kind of ugly yes for a 32 million dollar vehicle i don't really feel like ugly should ever be in the conversation but no in my opinion it is Yes. So, I mean, I was just saying, like, the exterior is okay. Um, I'm just, I don't know. I guess this is really more of one of those statement purchases. Like, if you see someone driving down the road in one of these, then you know they've got many money to burn. So, that's about all I see here. I, I, yeah, it's got huge twin turbo engine, V12. Outside of that, I'm just like, why else would you buy it other than to say that, I hey, I'm rich? So, right. But, uh, continue. Yeah. Uh, one other quick thing to mention with this: there are only get four of these made, and it took five years to make. Oh, thank it. goodness. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so <laughs> you won't. You probably won't be seeing any, anyone driving in this uh, nope. around us, especially in in North Carolina. That's I don't even. The probably the most. I, this would be either areas. a NYC or a Cali area. Yes. Oh yeah, well, yep. Cali for sure, and uh, definitely New York. But I think like the most bougie place we've got is like Raleigh. <laughs> And Which says a lot. Understand it does. I mean, because we're 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 a state that's like you know trucks and beer right. and all that kind of stuff. But uh, we see more eighteen wheelers than we do sedans. Sometimes is what it feels like. So yeah, thirty two million for these cars being made. Again, that's the uh, La Rose uh, Noire drop tail. And uh, I I actually kind of disagree with you slightly in here. I do agree that it should not look like that for being 32 million, but as a person who normally, you know, I've, I've looked at a lot of cars recently as JD can attest to, I've seen in tiers of cars, it looks very surreal look to it. And maybe you disagree with that, <laughs> but, uh, it's, I, I, I like it. Okay. I don't, I mean, I don't love it. I, I do agree Just, with you that the aesthetic is weird, but I also find it, it slightly mesmerizing in a way like the red on everything that just it's almost eye-catching not in a amazing way but not in a bad way either which means that in the end 
if you are in the same perspective and if you are somebody that has $32 million to burn and you're listening to our channel, please call us. We'd love to have you sponsor us. <laughs> on, a, on the actual main point, though, um, yes, if you do have that much money to burn and you're in that 50-50 spot, you're not going to buy this car. <laughs> Right. You know, you're probably going to go. Because I don't really feel like you should be spending that much money on this and then kind of be torn about the interior. Uh, the, the exterior, like I said, it's, I don't know. I kind of like the sides. I feel like the, I feel like the rims are really what's catching me. I'm like, I don't know if I like those rims. The look seems way too cheap for it to be like that for 32. Yeah. I expect something a little bit different for at least a Rolls Royce. A lot more unique. uh, Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, what was the, uh, what'd you say the top speed was? 200 and something? 250 kilometers per hour. Okay, so 155. All right. And uh, and then you said it's a sub five second for zero to 62 miles per hour. So Correct. Okay. Yeah, that's, that's, that's definitely kind of what I would expect best. because Rolls Royce isn't like the one that's about performance necessarily. It is more about the bougie exterior statement, look at me, versus like a... Like I was saying, a, a Lucid Air or even just for the purists out there, like a, a Porsche 911. That's kind of where I like to settle around. Uh, this is not, I've never been a fan of Rolls Royce. Obviously, they have their their statement cars, their you know legacy cars, the ones that they've been famous for in the past. But yeah, and I, I know this is not you at all either, but it's it's more of one of those, this is mm-hmm. the most expensive one they make, so yeah, it, I can see why there's only four of them. Yeah, it's it's nothing like a Bentley. I have been seeing, this is hilarious, I have been see seeing countless, <laughs> countless replicas of the original on Facebook. Dude, it's hilarious. I saw the one for a John Deere. I've seen Hyundai, the one for GMC, Chevy, if I'm not mistaken. Ford, yeah, it is absolutely hilarious. Everybody oh, just word. dumping I, on this girl like Yes. <laughs> it's cuz she's And honestly, it's within reason. Yes. It, it I is. Agree. I mean, I'm just like, "Okay, I don't really give a crap about a Bentley and you're showing off things that are like, <laughs> really? That's kind she of taps, what the whole entire She taps a glass at the end <laughs> like Bentley, like I can afford a glass. So what do you mean? <laughs> oh, oh my god! Yeah, yeah. Or, or the rims, or the rims. Yeah. What? What's your favorite one so far? I just gotta know. Um, let me see. Oh, I think the one that I actually did like the best was I can't remember if he said it was a Humvee. It was a military man? Yes, showing off I the German Humvee or something like that. The German guy. The or no, it wasn't a German oh, guy. Maybe, maybe I don't know if it was. It was it, a long was name. The car that you, the, 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 the thing he was talking about is oh, okay. spoken like I, a, I a language like a that sounded like a Schmortenvergen or something like that. Oh, then you're probably thinking of a different one then. Oh, okay. Yeah. My, my favorite, although I haven't seen all of them, is the Toyota one. <laughs> the, the Asian dude. Oh, I haven't Toyota. seen that one yet. See, see, there's so many to it. I have not seen them all. So, oh, I'm yeah. Sure there's, there's so many of these. Out there, so. Anyway. Yeah. That's Bentley. Um, we're on Rolls Voice. <laughs> Just step the, yeah, the cup caps and then I'm, I'm, I, you know I'd love to see, I'd actually love to hear what she has to say about this one <laughs> <laughs> Rolls Royce just taps oh, the clock the, there's not even a is there a cup holder in this I for 32 million there better there be, better be one, a cup so. holder <laughs> anyway what's your blind topic man <laughs> My blind topic is also a vehicle, but it's a little wow. bit more mainstream. Yeah, so we definitely episode. hit uh, we hit the vehicles uh, on debatable just because it's 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 fun and we kind of get to clearly it's relevant down the line. somehow. 
it's not really I, mean, I don't even think it's controversial um take a look so this is the 2024 kia ev9 and it's basically an electrified telluride it has its kia design language that's for darn sure it's got quite a few different uh, trims to it so you can get some that have a base of uh, i think it was 223 mile range uh-huh and then they go then it goes all the way up to 300 which i know i said all the way as if that's supposed to be really high 300 but that is kind of middle of the road. I know we're trying to, I think Toad is trying to shoot for five or 600, maybe 700 mile range uh, based on their newsroom. But um, that's for, for another episode. But needless to say, for a three row EV, you can get this and it'll actually give you either a sub or right at a five second zero to 60 speed. Dang, okay. In some ways, you should kind of expect that from an EV, but this is a pretty big EV. Two things. Number one, am I mistaken in saying that there's a lot of buttons on that wheel, on the steering wheel? Possibly. I don't think it's too much. Based on what I've seen with other vehicles, I don't think it's too much. I don't like the way the buttons look. You know what it reminds me of? If you look at that, it almost reminds me of a vintage PlayStation controller, the old wired ones. Uh, yeah, sort of. I can see that. Yeah, they're a little bit there. I guess I, I don't remember them being as round as they actually are. So not necessarily, but it kind of for some reason, it did remind me of that. I don't know why. I don't like the gloss, the piano gloss on the actual steering wheel either, because it just looks kind of looks a little cheap to me. It that's, does. Just, that's just yeah. me. But that's how I feel. Um, there's also one other thing. Yeah, it looks like a Kia Soul Cross Cybertruck. Oh, okay. If you look at the front um, of the pictures. I see the Kia Soul. You see the front. Yeah, I guess I can kind of see. The wheels actually kind of remind me of something Tesla would try to do. I mean, obviously you can see there's a lot of buttons on the side of that chair and it does have its reclining feature. It also has the leg extender Yep. Uh, or thigh extender, I should say, is what, what that's technically called. But as far as the fact that they're trying to make this as practical as possible... Um, the Telluride is one of the most popular SUVs out there, although it's not the fastest selling, which I actually saw that recently. Uh, the Grand Highlander from Toyota is actually killing it, which does not surprise me because when you mix a stereotypically reliable car manufacturer like Toyota and then you give it a lot of practicality and interior space mm-hmm. that was kind of missing from the regular Highlander, yeah, uh, I would not, it doesn't surprise me that it's, they're killing it. But as far as this is considered, um, I think the front design, when you're looking straight ahead on it, uh, you can kind of see it within the uh, first one on the left. That design actually looks pretty cool. The way they kind of integrated some of those LED lights and kind of yes, faded it I into agree. the middle. You're, you're, I believe they still have a little bit of what Kia calls the tiger nose. You can barely see it, but it's it's there. Mm-hmm. But it's got decent range. It's got some decent horsepower. I'm interested to see how well this this vehicle does. And I'm sure it will probably help to cultivate more competition in this market for two, three row SUVs for, you know, your typical family hauler. Obviously, the Cadillac Lyric is something that not every family is going to go out and buy because it's way outside of the federal tax credit. So absolutely. But this one does qualify. So just keep an eye on that and if we do have any other quick news about this vehicle we'll be we'll be sure to let you guys know and um outside of that yeah do you i i'm kind of curious would you actually consider buying something like this if you had a big family and based on the looks nothing else based on the looks i'm actually gonna surprisingly say no okay 
I don't get me wrong. Too futuristic or just too not not there? (laughs) Neither. It's, it's like, if you're just looking at the interior, it seems like a truck and not that there's anything wrong with that. that. It's, it seems too rigid. Like there's no flow, if that makes any sense. Okay, so you're talking like the fact that there's you feel like it's there's too many straight lines or something like that. There's no kind of if this is a 2024 model, you'd expect it to be a lot more curvatured and you know smooth in design. Which there are there are parts of this car that do have that, and I'm not again this this is a new model and it looks great. But if we're talking like if there there's other options for EVs, and I think I would choose that them over this one. Okay. I can, I mean, I can understand where that, where you're kind of coming from with that. Yeah. And that, that's kind of just my taste, um, you know, based around what other EVs I've seen, how they look. I feel like it's a trend when it comes to, especially EVs, they have this tendency to be more futuristic than they should be. Yeah. I would agree. It kind of leaves you to a point where it feels cool, but it might not feel as practical or make you feel as at home as your typical internal combustion engine vehicles do. So, I mean, I feel like you have to um, kind of to make the EV stand out from the others because that's how Tesla did it. I mean, that one looks futuristic. There's some truth to it. Yes, there. I can see what you're saying. Yeah, for it to kind of be defined and be set apart from normal um, combustion engine, I think you kind of have to do that. Now, I, I agree with you in the sense that like... There, there are many that do it way too much and it's just extra, <laughs> but I do feel like you do need to make it futuristic because it is an, like an EV and it, and it has to have that type of aesthetic to it. It just, it kind of makes sense, I think, in my opinion. Yeah, I can see where you're coming from. I, I do agree with you on that. And the way I would put it is those EVs make you feel like you're in some amazing mansion and you don't want to touch anything and you don't feel like you don't feel comfortable. Yeah, I, I actually agree with you there. That's kind That's of true. what I feel. OK, and and if you're listening, you're like, I don't really get what you're saying, J.D. Where are you coming from with that? That's fine. That's how I feel, though. And I feel like it would be great if you could actually make EVs that are more just the typical family hauler. Make some changes, make it look appealing and like there's something that draws your attention, wants you to go to the EV route. But yeah. with that said, we will go ahead and close out this week's episode. Uh, we do, again, apologize for missing our last newscast and last debatable as well. But like we said, we did have a massive monitor that we had on, on our showcase. 57 inches, just outrageous. Yeah. But we will catch you guys in the next one. This is JD and Riley signing off. Peace out. Peace out.